is Trice Talk Mini Pod for May the 31st, 2021. And yes, this has been a Memorial Day holiday weekend, uh, drawing to a close here in about an hour and a half. I hope, I hope everyone had an opportunity at some point during the last three, or some people had all four days, to spend some time with family and friends, and, and hopefully that you spend a little bit of time reflecting about the true meaning of this holiday. It's not just a holiday, as some people have alluded to uh, in the media. Social media has a very important meaning. And we should all be thankful. Um, but I, I, tonight I'm going to do something a little bit different, although not too different from some of my other mini pods, I came across this newsletter from a U.S. Senator. Um, and I've kind of, I set it back for a while because I thought, well, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's, it's probably too long for me to use on a regular Trice Talk uh, series uh, with, you know, the live broadcast with uh, myself and Dennis Lee. And I thought, well, I'll use it on a mini pod, but I just got to find the right time. I've got to be in the right mood. And I think things need to be aligned, you know, politically. So here recently with all the money, and we've talked about it a lot on Trice Talk, all the money that uh, the Biden administration has proposed spending and all the money that the Democrats in Congress have proposed spending uh, it's it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling the kind of debt that they're creating, and it's mind-boggling that they're not that don't seem to be that concerned about it. Uh, a lot of people use the terminology "kick the can down the road" kind of thing. Well, we know that Congress has been uh, good about that for a number of years, anyway. So that's not anything new. But I, at what point do these people, these elected officials, become concerned about what they're doing, about all the money that they're spending that we don't have. I mean, you and I as citizens do could not do what Congress does. We could not go out normally and spend all of this money above and beyond what we actually physically have uh, and even beyond our assets. So um, with that in mind, 
then I, I started thinking about this this newsletter again from this particular senator from the past. And I thought, maybe this is the right time that I can use this. Maybe I can make a connection between the, the information in this newsletter and then what they're doing in Congress today and draw a parallel that uh, may help you understand why I wanted to use that, use this particular newsletter. So I'm going to, uh, it, the newsletter concerns a number of different things, but a large portion of it is about inflation. And I'll have to say, I haven't seen one of these uh from a senator. And so, in fact, I don't know that I've ever gotten one here at my residence um, since I've been here in this house. But anyway, uh, there's some information at the beginning of this section on inflation that I'm not going to give you because I'm going to try to hold back on several things that may give you a key, uh, a clue to when this newsletter was written. I'm going to save that for the end. That'll be the icing. So uh, sometimes I may be reading through here and I may have to skip something and it may sound a little bit uh, uh, disconnected, but it's only because I'm trying to omit some things that would give you uh, a hint as to when this thing was written. Uh, so let me go down. Uh, there's about uh, three paragraphs that... Uh, I will say this is a Republican senator. I don't know if I said that. And it is a senator from Texas. And uh, about the first three paragraphs of his newsletter under the inflation category are about specific items in Texas and uh, cost of things and cost comparisons and so forth and the effects of inflation on those particular items. I'm not going to use those because those would also give, give away. And I don't know that it's that important to the point I'm going to try to make. Um, also the point that the Senator is making. So let me get my little favorite pod beam background music to go along with this and see if, see how well that'll work. One of these days, one of these days, people, I'm going to find something that works just a little bit better for what I would like to do with with these uh, mini pods. Anyway, so I'm going to start out. So it says every Texan, young and old, has been touched by and penalized by inflation. And it's high time inflation was brought under control. The lessons of history is that every major modern inflation has been aggravated by excessive government spending. And excessive government spending are outlined, or underlined, I'm sorry, by uh, this senator. It, it is a matter of grave concern to me that continual federal deficit spending and continuing federal physical irresponsibility have operated to drive the cost of living ever upward. Unrestrained federal spending on non-defense programs is a principal cause of our inflation. This inflation has been spurred by unwise government policies, a sort of debt-propelled destructive federalism that have substituted compulsion for freedom 
and thrown the marketplace out of kilter by attempting to substitute it for federally planned, uh, a federally planned economy. Does that sound familiar at all? Yet the planned fact, the plain fact is that the federal government, even in the face of certain situations and inflation, is not reducing its domestic spending nor placing responsible priorities on its spending. For instance, from January, well, let's see, I can't use that. Uh, da, 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 da. It talks about um, almost a hundred thousand work from. Uh, it talks about almost a hundred thousand workers were added to the federal payroll, and if you think about what's going on right now. Uh, a lot of these programs that uh, the Biden administration is creating is basically creating federal jobs, increasing federal payroll. And what is one thing that we know about federal jobs? They don't create anything uh, in the marketplace. They're support only. Uh, let's see, federal payroll costs are now in excess of, I'm going to just say here, several billion a month. Uh, that is nearly, mm -hmm, well, has nearly 22 billion a year, which taxpayers must provide. Our national debt now stands, uh, I can't give that either because that'll, uh, we most people most of you probably know now what the federal uh, debt is but um, at this particular time it says the debt penalizes Americans in interest cost every minute and at this particular time it was twenty two thousand dollars a minute in interest cost to each American citizen that pays taxes in this country or even has to, you know, uh, work and 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 uh, survive, make a living in this economy. There are many places in which the federal government could restrain its spending and could establish reasonable priorities, which take into account the fact that we cannot have uh, this. Well, I can't use that. If we have a bankrupt society, we cannot have. Um, a well-functioning society if we have a bankrupt society. I doubt that we would have to have, uh, I doubt that we would have to have a $9.2 million fish aquarium for the District of Columbia right now. It seems likely we could forego in the interest of a sound dollar some of the 13.9 million planned for a federal art appreciation program. Probably we could wait a bit before buying $6.2 million worth of parkland for the Washington metropolitan area. We ought to be able to delay nearly $5 million worth of Smithsonian Institution archaeological excavation. And by concentrating on helping only friendly nations, we can cut perhaps one billion from foreign economic aid. 
I mean, do some of those things kind of ring a bell to you, to things that you've heard within the last uh, several months uh, with our new federal budget? Also, it seems obvious we can save some on the wasted administrative cost of poverty programs. Right now, there are, let's see, 1,500, let's say 1,600 federally federal poverty crats making more uh, X number of dollars a year. 25 of them are making more than uh, a general of the army. 36 of them are making more than top paid uh, astronauts and NASA's program. And five more making more than the U.S. Commissioner of Education who runs programs twice the size of the poverty effort. Surely the poverty programs can be reoriented so that it alleviates poverty among the poor and not poverty among bureaucrats and saves tax dollars in the process. But rather than cut spending, the government now is making noises as if it may seek to alleviate its own insolvency by once again tapping the pocketbooks of its still solvent citizens. In short, it suggests that it fight inflation by imposing an income tax hike atop already increased uh, taxes for other items here that I can't use. <laughs> the federal government suggests that it fight the cost of living by raising the cost of living. That's the uh, conclusion that this senator has come to at this point. The theory behind this novel idea is that there is too much money in the economy causing too much demand and pushing up wages and prices. Take some of this money from Americans, reasons the government, and they won't have as much to spend in creating inflation. Well, didn't we just, I mean, <laughs> that, that was a discussion just a few weeks ago that all of this money that um, the federal government was giving people this COVID relief package money and which much of it hadn't even been distributed properly is floating around out there and, and, and it created an environment where people had more money to spend than there were goods and services available to them to spend it on, which creates inflation. So by helping people, which I'm, I'm not going to get into an argument about whether or not the COVID relief, uh, the pros and cons of the COVID relief, because there was much of it that made sense and, and was necessary. But uh, we also know there was a lot of uh, errors in the way they uh, allocated the money and uh, some of the areas they wanted to push the money into. So that's what they're saying. People have more money to spend than there's areas that they can spend it in the economy, which creates an inflation. Uh, we've seen that uh, in, in some of our goods and services already uh, over the past several months, like I'll use a big one that I use a lot on Tristalk, lumber. Lumber goods, construction goods ha have increased uh, over 100%. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. 
So here's this senator talking about that same scenario in times past. Unfortunately, the excess money supply did not come from individuals or housewives in the first place, but from the government, and I can't give this time frame here, but it, it just came from the government. It all might be somewhat more logical if the government proposed after taking money from citizens and taxes to withdraw that money from the overheated economy. But this is not part of the plan. The government plans to plow back into federal spending the money it takes and higher taxes. And all of that is underlined in this article as well, in this newsletter as well. Thus, an income tax increase without control federal spending would, excuse me, I have to turn the page, this is a brochure, accomplish two things. It would leave inflation pressure pressure unchanged by merely shifting spending from individuals to government. And we know how well the government spends money. It would increase each individual's cost of living even further. Not only that, but whereas a family can shift its cheaper dollars to the purchase of cheaper goods as it lives with inflation, dollars spent to the government dollars sent to the government and taxes would no longer be available to the family for any sort of use. A tax increase might be beneficial if the federal government would pledge to take the money out of the economy and use it to help pay off the federal debt. But right now, individual citizens have a much better record of putting money in savings than does the government. If citizens have to take money from savings to pay higher taxes, and if the government then spends rather than saves that money, the result would be accelerated rather than slowed inflation. Inflation itself is the most cruel, unjust form of taxation, hitting hardest the poor, the elderly, and others on fixed incomes, and the tax gatherer already takes 35% of all national income Increased taxes are not a likely answer to inflation. We need less of these unsuccessful new economics and more old-fashioned American economy. Let the federal government recognize that its spending is the biggest single item in the American economy and correct its own shortcomings before imposing new penalties on everyone else. As your U.S. State, United States Senator, I will be doing everything possible in coming months to reverse the cost of living increases and to restore reason to federal financing. So, like I said, I apologize for having to redact a, a few of those things uh, in, in the article because I didn't want you to know exactly the timeline of this just yet. I just wanted you to think about some of the things that I was talking about or the senator was, was uh, his, you know, what he was, the points he was trying to make is the federal government is not someone who really uh, spends money wisely and they spend it without any thought to how in the world it's ever going to be paid back 
And if they do think about it, like and think about what Joe Biden and the Democrats have said already this year. They said at the beginning when they first got into office, they said when they were on the campaign trail. They promised that they were going to raise taxes and they were going to try to get all the money that they need for all these programs that they're spending all this money on or they want to spend the money on from the rich in this country. And yet so many of the experts have told us on various news programs that that is not going to work and it's not going to be enough to compensate for all the money that they're they're spending. And then we know that the federal government again does not spend money wisely. They spend, you know, I, I, uh, this the senator brought out a, a few things like spending in Washington D.C. like the National Aquarium, like the Smithsonian, um, like art projects. You know, they're taking money from the taxpayer that we need to uh, just survive or, or, or to take care of our families or so we can spend money to better our lives and, and pick art for our houses, our homes, the places that we live, or take a vacation or do things that benefit us. A lot of the stuff that the federal government takes money out of out of tax dollars and and puts it into things and they create and I'm not against museums I'm not against art I'm not against all of that stuff that that stuff needs to be funded by individual uh, groups and and maybe uh, individual concerns it does not need to be taken out of the federal uh, it should not be taken out of the taxpayers what the taxpayers pay in there that was never the design of our government from the beginning for you know the taxpayers to be responsible for uh, fulfilling every whim and, and idea that floats into the heads of these people that, that we elect to office and then I you know like I've said before part of this I think is because uh, we've left them in there too long and you know, after they've been there so many years, they just feel like they can do anything they want to do. Which is sad, really. You think about it. Now, yeah, maybe maybe your portion of whatever goes into that National Aquarium in, uh, in, in Washington, D.C. is maybe it's maybe it's only a couple hundred dollars or maybe it's maybe it's a thousand dollars. I don't know. Just I'm, I'm, there's no way for me to know that. That's not the point. The point is, you shouldn't have to to donate one dollar to that. If you want to donate, there ought to be a system where we can donate to causes like that for them to have fundraising uh, efforts. You know, uh, like GoFundMe. I mean, just do something where people can participate if they want to. Because you think about it, how many people in this country that get taxed their tax dollars go towards these fantastic projects? like the Smithsonian and like like art galleries and, and, and so many other things that the government spends money on. How many of these people, how many Americans actually ever get to go see these things? Because one, they, they can't afford to make the trip. Because they keep getting taxed for so many things 
They get taxed for things that they'll never get to enjoy personally, physically themselves. Yet we, year after year after year, allow the federal government to take money from us and, and spend it on these things, and they justify it. And again, I'm not against museums. I'm not against art. But is it right to take? And, and who gets to enjoy these things? Really? Who gets to enjoy these things? Does that farmer who struggles all of his life just to take care of his family uh, in, in Kansas or, or uh, South Dakota or wherever they are, or even if it's in Alabama or Mississippi, how many of them ever actually get to go to Washington, D.C. And, and visit one of these museums that they help pay for? But, you know, the biggest thing is here is, is they just, they, you know, for us, you know, if, if we have problems, uh, we have more needs than we have money coming in, uh, we're not allowed to go... Uh, of course, we obviously can't print money, not legally anyway, but, you know, go to a bank and try to borrow, you know, more money than you actually have the ability to, to pay off in a certain period of time. Uh, the banks won't let you kick that down the road very far. But that's what the federal government does. So anyway, this is what this particular senator was talking about in this newsletter. And... Now I'll give you the senator's name because here's what I think is amazing. Uh, the senator was Senator John Tower, senator from Texas, and I doubt very seriously if, if many of you uh, listening to this mini-pod know who John Tower is because he died in 1991. But he was a senator uh, from Texas and from 1961 to 1985. This newsletter that I'm reading from was printed and sent out to his constituents in 1966. Uh, he was also the first Republican senator elected from Texas since Civil War Reconstruction. I didn't know that until I, I kind of looked up a little bio on him online. I'm from Texas. But this newsletter uh, the funny thing about it is, again, it was from June of 1966. Uh, it says, um, 89th Congress, the second session. It also talks about Vietnam, which um, I chose not to talk about here because that's not an issue anymore uh, other than it's another government uh, issue we could talk about on some program about our ability to get into wars that um, uh, that we shouldn't be involved in. But I found this, and this actually came to me uh, by way of my uh, grandfather who passed away many years ago, but it was in some of the things that I inherited from him. So he must have kept this newsletter. I didn't really know that he was all that political. I never really heard him talk about too much about politics, although he was in World War One and injured in World War One. Um, but when I, I found this and I read this, and I'm saying we were talking about these very same things. This senator was talking about the very same things 
maybe with a few detail differences in 1967 that we're talking about today. We're struggling with the same things. And, you know, he's talking about, you know, he's going to work his hardest to try to reel that in. So uh, let's see, 1966, that would be 54 years ago something like that 54 years ago we're still dealing with the same issues in the federal government except on a worse scale now we're talking instead of billions which that may have given it away to some of you instead of talking about billions of dollars now we're talking about trillions of dollars and spending money for this and spending money for that and how many uh, federal employees are being added to programs in order to oversee these things. How much of the money that they have to set aside, they say that's going to benefit us and, and roads and bridges and shovel-ready jobs, as Barack Obama used to like to say, is actually going to trickle down to the average American. How much benefit are we going to see? Because a lot of that cost is going to be sucked up by people they have to add to the federal payroll to oversee these projects. And how much money are they gonna be paid? And then you've got surveys that have to be done, studies have to be done. Really, that's what the federal government does. It was never intended to do the things that we allow it to do today. That's not what the founding fathers wanted the role of government to be, the federal government to be anyway. So that, that was my point of using this letter tonight is just to say 54 years ago, we were dealing with similar issues, uh, almost the very same things, just different cost numbers to them. And you have this a Republican Senator telling his constituents in Texas that, you know, um, this inflation that you're experiencing now is being caused by the federal government unlimited spending on things they shouldn't be spending it on and this money that they want to give to foreign countries. We talked about this the other night and, and, and uh, Tristalk Live uh, how much money uh, that's going to be given to Central American uh, countries by us to figure out why so many people are leaving their countries coming to the United States. Really, you need to spend, you need to give them that kind of money to figure that out. I mean, these people got to be laughing at us and saying, hey, they'll give us money for anything. They're probably already figuring out how they're going to spend that money. And it's not going to be on helping their people, uplifting their countries in such a manner as to where people can actually make a living and have a, 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 a good life in their own country. Senator John Tower from Texas. May of 1960, uh, May, June of 1966, talked about the very same things with just different dollar figures 54 years ago. Think about that. And, it, and, and 
if nothing else, it'll tell you that there's no way the federal government is ever going to fix itself. This is the path it set itself on many, many years ago. Its very existence depends on being able to spend our money on whatever they tell us it should be spent on instead of allowing us to spend it on making our lives better. After all, we're the ones that earn the money, right? Some people work two and three jobs just to survive, just to, to make do, to, to, to provide for their families. I think it's rather disturbing if you really put it in context and say, 54 years and we're still doing the same thing. It's almost like uh, on a different subject, different topic. We talk about, uh, you know, the Democrats, Biden, um, liberals keep talking about racial inequality in this country and they're going to fix this. They're going to fix that. Folks, think about this. They started a program in 1965 under a Democrat president. And we've had Democrat, uh, Democrats, more Democrats in office since then than we've had Republicans running things in the majority. And they're still saying it needs to be fixed and they're gonna fix it. They're gonna fix it. All right, so. I've used my time here. I'm sorry I got a little bit over my 30-minute self-imposed limit, but uh, I hope that you found this article, this newsletter interesting. And just like I said, and if, for no other reason to, to see that uh, some things never change and they're not ever going to change unless the people who put these elected officials in office, if we don't start making them accountable, we don't show them that we do care. It does matter. What you tell us, what you promise us that you're going to do does matter. And we care if you don't, if you do things that we don't think you should be doing, that you spend money that we don't think you should be spending because we don't have the money to spend. Why are we spending it on the homeless? Why aren't we spending it on the veterans? Why do we have to have all these organizations uh, asking for money to help veterans who come back with no legs or no arms or sometimes none? Why isn't our taxpayer money going for causes like that. Why are we spending uh, millions of dollars putting people who are not supposed to be here up in hotel rooms, which is probably the nicest place they've ever stayed in in their life, when we have people living in tents all across the country, people who don't even, they haven't had a shower in weeks and sometimes a, a, a decent meal in weeks. But yet, we're going to provide 
for those people coming across the border illegally, we're going to take care of them and push the can down the road on the homeless and the veterans issues and and the <laughs> there's so many issues here that we need to take care of for our american citizens the ones that are here now and have been here all their life but how many of those things do you see addressed in the democrats budget plan joe biden's budget plan thank you senator john tower for i'm glad i, I kind of had this thing i came across this thing thank you for showing us that jeez it hasn't changed all right i'm going to get out of here um Let's see, uh, it's not rolled over into Tuesday yet. So uh, remember, uh, Tuesday night, Dennis Lee and myself are back with another episode of Tri's Talk Live Tuesday night uh, that we will be talking about some political issues. Probably not a lot new stuff going on since uh, so many people were off for the holidays. But uh, And then we have Wacky Wednesday coming up after that on Wednesday night and then Thursday night it's uh, we close out the official Tristalk Live work week uh, with uh, a political wrap up of the week so we'll see what uh, comes down the pike in the next uh, for, for tomorrow night's episode alright let me switch off of this wonderful Podbeam music here and I'm going to get to my closing music we'll go back to nairobi i appreciate you uh, spending some time listening to this episode of trice talk mini pod i'm donald wayne and i hope to uh, see you tomorrow night on trice talk live stay safe everybody <laughs>